0: Nancy Pelosi's husband is attacked in an alleged home invasion. The media and Democrats blame Republicans, and Elon Musk's Twitter takeover continues. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Thousands of my listeners have already secured their network data. Join them at expressvpn.com Ben. We'll get to all the news in just one moment. First, does it make sense that the same company that controls half of the online retail can also track like all of your data. Big tech is super powerful, more powerful than most countries these days. They profit by exploiting your personal data. Put a layer of protection between your online activity and big tech with ExpressVPN. Think about how much of your life is on the internet. Every site you visit, video you watch, message you send, all of it gets tracked and data mined When you run ExpressVPN on your device, the software hides your IP address, making your activity a lot more difficult to trace. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your internet data to keep you safe from hackers and eavesdroppers. What I like most about ExpressVPN is how easy it is to use. Download the app on your phone or computer, tap one button, and you're now protected. ExpressVPN does all of that without slowing your connection. So... Stop handing over your personal data to the big tech monopoly that mines your activity and sells your information. Instead, protect yourself with the VPN I trust to keep myself safe online. I've been using ExpressVPN for years because, frankly, what I do online is none of anybody's business. I run an internet company. That stuff is my business. Stop handing over that power to big tech. Visit ExpressVPN.com slash Ben. That's ExpressVPN.com slash Ben. Get an extra three months for free. ExpressVPN.com slash Ben to get started. Also, I got to tell you, with everything going on in the world right now, it's hard for me to sleep. The elections are coming up. There's just chaos out there, sheer chaos. Well, when I lie down, I want to go to sleep. And this means I need the mattress of my choosing. And this means I need Helix Sleep. I've had my Helix Sleep mattress for years at this point, and it's great. It's pretty much the only mattress that I can sleep on. Helix has several different mattress models to choose from. Soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattresses great for cooling you down. Mattresses for spinal alignment prevent morning aches and pains. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size sleepers. If you're nervous about buying a mattress online, you don't have to be. Helix has a sleep quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Because why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? I took that Helix quiz. I was matched with a firm but breathable model because here's the reality. I tend to heat up a lot at night. And so if the mattress isn't breathable, then I will just be awake all night long. Helix can fix that for me. They can do the same for you. Go to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. Find the perfect mattress for your body and sleep type. Your mattress will come directly to your doorstep for free. you have got a 10-year warranty. You can try it out for 100 nights risk-free, so you got nothing to lose. For a limited time, Helix is offering up to 350 bucks off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. This is their best offer yet. It's not going to last long. Hurry on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben with Helix. Better sleep starts now. So, the big story over the weekend continued to be the fallout From what appeared to be a criminal hammer attack on the husband of Nancy Pelosi, Paul Pelosi, Time Magazine had a rundown of exactly what happened. Apparently, according to Time Magazine, this would have been on Friday morning, Scott said the the police chief announced that witnesses on the scene described a man in his underwear who was violently attacking Paul Pelosi with a hammer. Apparently, the police were dispatched to the Pelosi home about 2.30 in the morning after Pelosi called 911. And he kept the phone line open so personnel could hear that he needed help. The person who attacked him, which we'll discuss in, in just one moment, appears to be a mentally ill, insane person who had a bunch of conspiracy theories that he believed about Nancy Pelosi or about January 6th or, or whatever. But it was a broader manifestation of mental illness, pretty obviously from everything we know about the person. The, the attacker... A guy named David DePape allegedly pulled a hammer away from Pelosi and attacked him before a police officer tackled DePape. Both men were taken to the hospital. The mode behind the attack was still under investigation, according to Time. The FBI and U.S. Capitol Police are joining the San Francisco Police Department Special Investigations Division. In an investigation into the attack, the PD is also working closely with U.S. attorneys and San Francisco District Attorney, according to the police chief. Here was Chief William Scott, the San Francisco police chief, talking about what exactly happened.
1: We are working closely with our partners from the FBI, the U.S. Attorney's Office, the U.S. Capitol Police, and our District Attorney here in San Francisco County, uh, D.A. Brooke Jenkins, and her team. The motive for this attack is still being determined. Mr. Depepe will be booked at the San Francisco County Jail on the following charges, attempted homicide, assault with a deadly weapon, elder abuse, burglary, and several, several other additional felonies.
0: The Speaker of the House released a statement saying, quote, sadly, a violent man broke into our family home yesterday morning, demanded to confront me and brutally attacked my husband, Paul. Our children, our grandchildren and I are heartbroken and traumatized by the life-threatening attack on our pop, We are grateful for the quick response of law enforcement and emergency services and for the life-saving medical care he's receiving. Please know the outpouring of prayers and warm wishes from so many in Congress is a comfort to our family and is helping Paul make progress with his recovery. His condition continues to improve. We're also comforted by the words of the book of Isaiah. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. We thank you for your prayers and warm wishes, as well as the work you do to strengthen our democracy. So pretty quickly, this entire debate turned into was the attacker, again, David Well, was, was this attacker a radicalized Republican who decided to attack Speaker Pelosi? Because apparently when he stormed the house, he was shouting, where's Nancy Pelosi? Now, there are a bunch of theories that immediately cropped up online because of probably the way this was reported by the media and the details that were sort of leaked by the police at the very beginning of the investigation. So for example, there were questions about whether the, attack, whether the attacker had been let into the home for some reason because the initial media report suggested that there was a third person present in the home who let the police in. It turns out CBS News retracted that report. The only two people in the home at the time were apparently Pepe and Paul Pelosi. There were also questions about the pictures of the crime scene. It showed that the, the glass was apparently shattered on the outside of the home. So that made people suggest that actually the glass had been shattered from the inside. That's how the glass got outside. That's not actually how plexiglass works. You can see a lot of videos online of people who throw things at plexiglass and the glass actually rebounds and shatters outward toward the person who is throwing, for example, a hammer from the outside. So the notion that, that the attack had to come from the inside of the home because the glass was blown outward that obviously doesn't have to be true. There are also allegations that because De Papi was in his underwear and Paul Pelosi was apparently in his underwear that this was some sort of nefarious gay plot. This is being implied by a bunch of people online. The evidence for that, so far as I'm aware, does not exist at this point, considering that the is a famously crazy nude activist. So the idea that he would be in his underwear is not particularly shocking. And Paul Pelosi, again, was in his home and it was 2.30 in the morning. So if he was in his boxers or something at 2.30 in the morning, that again is not a particular shock. There was also a lot of speculation about what exactly Paul Pelosi was saying on a phone call to 911 because the dispatchers were saying that that Paul Pelosi was saying, there's a man here named David and he's my friend. And so the implication from a lot of folks was, well, if he's a friend, then what's he doing at your home attacking with a hammer? Like, what's the story here? The police are suggesting that Basically, De Pepe could hear Paul Pelosi talking and Paul Pelosi was talking to a crazy person, had the phone line open. And so he was basically trying to calm down the crazy person at the same time that he was telling the police sort of encoded language to bring something. So I am sure that there will be more details to arrive. The fact that the media originally were rather incurious as about all of this is, I, I think, one of the reasons why a lot of theories bloom around instances like this, because the immediate media response to these questions is to pretend that the questions don't exist or that if you ask the questions, then you're really, really super bad. When the actual media response should be to ask the questions and get good answers, and then people are satisfied with the answers or they're unsatisfied with the answers. But, but our media are radically incurious at this point in time because, again, the, the narrative that the media wish to draw from this attack, regardless of, of how things went down. And you know, it's my belief, based on the, the facts that have been presented, that it went down pretty much the way the police said it went down, that this is a crazy person who went to Nancy Pelosi's home. Nancy Pelosi's security, by the way, is not there because the security follows the speaker. The security does not stay at the home of the speaker when the speaker is out of town. She was in Washington, D.C. at the time. So believing everything the police have to say, okay? Even if you believe everything the police have to say, the entire narrative that's being drawn by the media from this is a false narrative because the narrative the media are drawing is that this is because of cruel, evil, terrible Republican rhetoric. And we are, this game happens every time a crazy person attacks a Democrat. Every time a crazy person attacks a Democrat, the immediate response of the entire media is, this is radicalization of the population by evil Republican politicians. We saw this with Gabby Giffords. When Gabby Giffords was shot by a legitimately insane person in Arizona, the immediate media response was, it was probably Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin had nothing to do with it. There was no evidence linking this particular human being to Sarah. It didn't matter. Sarah Palin had once posted a map showing targeted districts with gun sites on them. And this meant, obviously, that this person had picked up, I guess, from the air that that the Republicans wanted Gabby Giffords to be shot. So we've seen it with with that sort of stuff. We've seen it with regard to a wide variety of Democratic politicians. Anytime there is a violent incident involving a crazy person who appears to have a bunch of Internet posts that are connected to the right, the idea is the entire right is to blame. On a broad level, this is exactly what happened January 6th. The idea was not that January 6th was people who committed criminal acts, some of whom were were deserving to go to prison and some of whom were just being foolish and wandering into the Capitol building. This was an indictment of the entire right. Everyone who had voted for Trump, all 73 million people who had voted for Trump, there's an indictment of them. This is something that the left likes to do on a regular basis. Now, when the tables are flipped, then, of course, none of this applies. When you have a person who is shouting Bernie Sanders slogans, shooting Congress people, then we are not supposed to talk about the level of rhetoric from the left. We're supposed to immediately just assume this is a crazy person. And of course, he's responsible for his own actions. It's not Bernie Sanders' fault. By the way, I agree with that. Unless you are a person in politics who's actively advocating violence, you are not responsible for someone else's violence. I don't believe, for example, that Joe Biden was responsible for a person going to Brett Kavanaugh's house and threatening to murder his family. Because remember, this happened just a few months ago. Between the announcement, the leak of the Roe versus Wade decision, the original draft decision and the actual release of the decision, a person fully cognizant, apparently not mentally ill, went to Brett Kavanaugh's house and tried to break into his house, wanting to break into his house and was only caught because there were police stationed near Brett Kavanaugh's house. There was no broad scale discussion of whether left wing rhetoric was radicalizing people toward violence. This only applies on one side, and especially in the lead up to a midterm election, you can see the media are jumping on this because it, it ties directly into their broader pitch for Democrats, which is, sure, they're crappy at governance. Sure, the economy is, is really in bad shape. Sure, crime is going up in America's major cities. Sure, we have a major, a major illegal immigration crisis on our southern border. Sure, the president of the United States is having to the White House men dressed as women to question him about whether children should be mutilated. Sure, all that's happening. But the real threat, the real threat is to our democracy, our democracy. And this right here is example 1A of what will happen if the Republicans take over mass attacks on Democratic politicians. Now, let me just say this. As a public figure, a person who's in the limelight relatively often, a person who's been threatened to the extent that the FBI actually arrested a human being for threatening to kill my family just maybe three or four years ago, I don't blame Democrats for that. I don't blame people who oppose me for that. As somebody who runs a company where we have to spend seven figures a year in personal security for me. That is not the fault of Democrats. That's the fault of people who misinterpret what Democrats say to back their own violent tendencies. But I don't expect this sort of honesty from the other side of the aisle, and we're not seeing it. The honesty just doesn't exist on the other side of the aisle. Because again, when you look at the evidence here, this is not a person who is like a Democratic, a Republican operative. Deployed by Kevin McCarthy to go kill Paul Pelosi or Nancy Pelosi. That's not what happened here. By the way, when it is a Democrat who actually kills a journalist, like happened in Nevada, that gets buried immediately. That was his story that happened over the last several months. There's an actual Democratic politician who murdered a journalist, allegedly. That was not even a front page story anywhere. Like an actual murder wasn't a front page story anywhere. So who exactly was this attacker? And then we'll get to the Democratic response, which, of course, this goes all the way back to JFK. When JFK was assassinated in 63, there's an immediate move by the press to turn that assassination into a referendum on right-wing rhetoric. Despite the fact that he'd been killed by a communist, Lee Harvey Oswald, there was an attempt by the media to, to dramatically impose a narrative on this thing, that he'd been killed for civil rights or that he'd been killed because of his agenda to oppose Republican predations or whatever. This sort of stuff happens in politics going back decades and decades and decades. Never applies on the other side of the aisle, only on one side of the aisle. So who exactly was this psychotic person who attacked Paul Pelosi? We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, when we say something is free, it should mean, you know, free. No strings attached, no hidden costs, no fine print to decipher. When you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks monthly for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. PureTalk saves the average family almost $1,000 a year. Plus, with PureTalk, you know you're spending your hard-earned money with a company that aligns with your values. Let PureTalk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Head on over to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Claim eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and switch to my cell phone company. I've been using PureTalk myself for years at this point. They are excellent. They've got great coverage, and they don't hate your guts. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and switch on over. Michael Schellenberger, who just ran for governor against Gavin Newsom, he has a piece over at his Substack talking about who this person was, and you're not supposed to notice it. In fact, he's very bad for reporting on the fact that this person is clearly mentally ill. "Quote: Leading politicians yesterday blamed the political right for the brutal attack on House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul. Journalists and mass agreed with their assessment, according to AP." DePape appears to have made racist and often rambling posts online, including some that questioned the results of the 2020 election, defended former President Donald Trump, and echoed QAnon conspiracy theories. But DePepi's policies have little rhyme or reason. In past years, DePape shared a post about Stephen Colbert's 2006 roast of President George W. Bush at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, linked to videos of Disney films altered to make it look like the characters were swearing, and claimed Jesus is the Antichrist, not exactly a litany of right-wing tropes. Depepe lived with a notorious local nudist in a Berkeley home, complete with a Black Lives Matter sign in the window and an LGBT rainbow flag emblazoned with a marijuana symbol hanging from a tree. A closer look reveals the characteristics of a homeless encampment, or what Europeans call an open drug scene. In the driveway, there's a broken-down camper van. On the street is a yellow school bus, which neighbors and Depepe occasionally stayed in. Both are filled with garbage typical of such structures in homeless encampments. People come and go from the house and the vehicles, neighbors say, in part to partake in the use of a potent psychedelic drug, Ibogaine. Neighbors described DePape as a homeless addict with a politics that was until recently left-wing, but of secondary importance to his psychotic and paranoid behavior. What I know about the family is that they're very radical activists, said one of DePape's neighbors, a woman who only gave her first name Trish. They seem very left. They're all about Black Lives Matter, gay pride, but they're very detached from reality. They've called the the cops on several of the neighbors, including us, claiming we're plotting against them. It's really weird to see they're willing to be so so aggressive towards somebody who's also a lefty. Not all of the media missed DePapi's history of drug use, psychosis, and homelessness. CNN reported that a woman named Laura Hayes, who said she worked with Depepe 10 years ago making hemp bracelets, which, by the way, that's that's a rich and lucrative, rewarding career line, said he'd been living in a storage shed. He talks to angels, she she said, and told her that there will be a hard time coming. Another woman, Linda Schneider, told CNN and Crone 4 that she got to know Depepe around 2014. He was still homeless, living in a storage unit using hard drugs. He was a mindless follower of something he saw on social media because I don't think he had the courage to be part of any political or terrorist group, said Schneider. His drug use began again, and he went off his rocker. Apparently, Schellenberger actually visited the Berkeley house where DiPapio had lived with his former lover, Oxane Gypsy Taub, 53, a charismatic Russian immigrant, 11 years at David's senior. DiPapio appears to have fallen under the spell of Taub around 2003 when he was a quiet video game obsessed 20-year-old in Powell River, a town of 14,000 people that's a four-hour drive up the coast of British Columbia from Vancouver. A November 27, 2008 article in the Oakland Tribune said Taub and DiPapio were married with three children, but DiPapio's stepfather, Gene, told AP yesterday Taub was his stepson's girlfriend, not his wife. That David and Talb had two, not three, children together, and that David's third child was with another woman. Apparently, again, the the story surrounding this guy is pretty obvious. He was a nut. This is a person with severe mental illness. Apparently, he sexually abused his sons. He's been accused of sexually abusing his sons and stepdaughter as children. One of the alleged victims claims in online posts, according to Inti Gonzalez, charged on Facebook. The, the, this, this is a 20-something who is apparently a, a stepdaughter. Quote, this attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband came as a shock to me, though not much considering the kind of extreme abuse he had inflicted on me and my brothers. Gonzalez described Papi as someone who did genuinely try to be a good person, but added the monster in him was always too strong for him to be safe around. She said her mom met Papi, who she described as her father in Maui while pregnant with her. The couple moved to the Bay Area shortly after Gonzalez was born. They split in 2014 when Gonzalez was 13. Gonzalez said her mom kicked David out of the house because of his toxic behavior. Six months later, Gonzalez's brother Nabozvod started to remember their father, physically and sexually abusing me and my brothers, which started when we were very young and continued until around 2008 when Gonzalez was seven. Although their mom filed a police report, report accusing Zapapy of abuse, the case was not managed properly, so nothing was done about it. So again, this is a person, a deeply troubled, mentally ill human being. He did post apparently about QAnon. He in in August 24th, he had a post titled Q displaying a scatological collection of memes that included photos of the deceased sex offender Jeffrey Epstein made references to QAnon, according to the Associated Press. One of the sites where the post was published was removed by WordPress in the wake of the attack. On a different site, someone writing under the papi's name ranted about Hillary Clinton, displayed an image showing the 2016 Democratic candidate as a zombie eating human flesh. So here is the deal. Crazy people are easily radicalized. But this is not enough to explain what is going on, according to our media and according to Democrats who, again, are going to use this now in vile fashion as a, as a political hat to hang their hat on. So the entire media have decided that this is just another episode of political violence ginned up by evil Republicans. Chuck Todd, for example, started pushing this line on NBC News.
1: Friday was yet another reminder that these are not ordinary times. Consider we're just nine days away from the first national election since the attack on the U.S. Capitol. And obviously, the threat of violence hasn't ebbed. The chilling and violent attack on Paul Pelosi, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's 82-year-old husband, is raising fears of more political violence.
0: Again, it's all about the political violence, but it's always from one side, right? You never have this conversation from Chuck Todd when a person is caught outside Brett Kavanaugh's home wanting to kill his family. Right, That, that of course, is of no consequence. When this happens to Nancy Pelosi's husband, then we get to talk about the broader problem of radicalization in our politics and the use of rhetoric. NBC's Ben Collins went even further. He says, you know, it doesn't even matter if this guy is mentally ill. This is the fault of right wingers. I mean, clearly the guy also has, I don't want to say clearly, there, there is talk that maybe has mental issues. I mean, I think if you're going online, you're saying this stuff, it's clear you have some mental issues. The question is, did the mental issues arise um, because of what he read online, or were they there before that? And, and, and really, does it matter at this point if it's right, politically no. motivated? Katie, like, at this point, there's, it, it simply does not matter. The problem
1: is people keep egging these people on. There are people on the television across the street from us that egg these people on, talking about cabals and stuff and people secretly running the world. And this guy doesn't like women either. So um, that's happening right now. And then on top of it, you have political figures. You have the previous president of the United States posting about QAnon on his social media platforms, Um, which is just about this same cabal that this guy's talking about.
0: Uh, It's Fox News, and it's it's Donald Trump, and it's everybody's fault except for the mentally ill person who is mentally ill. Now, does that excuse QAnon? It doesn't excuse QAnon. But linking this guy to broader, quote-unquote, right-wing rhetoric is a trick. It is a parlor trick, and everyone can see the parlor trick. So... This is what the entire media have decided to focus on. Not just the media, by the way, political figures. CNN's Margaret Brennan had on a representative named Tom Emmer to grill Tom Emmer for the great crime of having put up an ad at one point shooting at the range. And then it said, hashtag fire Pelosi. So she says, oh, well, this, this obviously was linked to this. Really, is there any evidence that this crazy person saw Tom Emmer's post and was like, you know what? I will go hammer Nancy Pelosi in the head. Like, it, this is very reminiscent of the mass shooter of Gabby Giffords and Sarah Palin. We don't have any connection between A and B, but we can make the connection ourselves because obviously, who wouldn't, who wouldn't? Here's Margaret Brennan doing this routine from CBS News. I want to ask you about this when it comes to political violence. On your Twitter feed, you posted this video we're going to show just a few days ago where you're firing a gun and it says, enjoyed exercising my Second Amendment rights, hashtag fire Pelosi. Why is there a gun? In a political ad at all.
1: It wasn't an ad. Hashtag I was, or I was a tweet. Out, I was tweeting out something Hashtag I fire just done.
0: Pelosi with a weapon.
1: Well, now. Wouldn't a
0: pink slip be more fitting if it's about firing her?
1: It's interesting, Margaret. Why a gun? It's interesting, Margaret, that we're talking about this this morning. When a couple of years back, when a Bernie Sanders supporter shot Steve which Scalise. Which was horrendous horrific. When a Bernie Sanders horrific, supporter shot we Steve Scalise. Not I never heard you or weapons. anyone else in the media trying to blame Democrats for what happened.
0: Well, he absolutely is right, but that's the whole point here. It is about blaming the Republicans. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, you know, the world seems like it's gone crazy right now, but there are certain things you can do to sort of calm yourself down, remember the good old days. For example, out in your garage right now, you have a bunch of old film reels. Do you have a film projector? You have a bunch of old VCR, VHS tapes. You don't have the actual mechanisms necessary to play that stuff. Plus, it degrades over time. Why not get that preserved and saved forever in a format that is actually going to be permanent, and you can then pull it up and watch it whenever you so choose? This is why I love Legacy Box. I've used Legacy Box several times for my own family. Legacy Box makes reclaiming and preserving your most cherished memories incredibly easy. You send in your old VHS and camcorder tapes, films, photos. Their team will send everything back on a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud, digitally preserving your memories forever. Every kit includes everything you need to safely pack and send your records. These irreplaceable moments can be easily viewed, shared, and passed on for future generations. It's amazing stuff. I mean, I've literally seen tape I'd never seen before of my parents as children because of Legacy Box. Digitize your memories with Legacy Box for a limited time. Legacy Box is offering my listeners an exclusive offer. Visit LegacyBox.com Shapiro. Shop this incredible deal. That's LegacyBox.com Shapiro. Go check them out right now. Meanwhile, if you own a home and you are looking to pay off debt or even save money before the holidays, I have a question for you. Have you called my friends over to American Financing yet? You should because you wouldn't believe how many listeners they've helped save hundreds of dollars a month. Some are seeing up to $1,000 in monthly savings. You can save that kind of money too. All you have to do is call American Financing. The process starts with a free no obligation mortgage review so you can understand all your options before you move forward. No pressure, no obligation, no upfront or hidden fees. Just a simple conversation around the ways your home can help you get ahead financially. You could delay two mortgage payments and close in as little as 10 days. If you like what I'm telling you, why not give American Financing a call right now? 866 866- Seven two one thirty three hundred. 721 3300 That's 866721 3300 Or visit AmericanFinancing.net. NMLS 182-334-MLSConsumeraccess.org. Now you got a lot of outstanding debts. A lot of people have those outstanding debts these days, but you had a lot of value locked up in your house. Why not call American Financing and find out what they can do for you? 866-721-3300 or visit AmericanFinancing.net. So here's the reality here. Republicans are about to clean up in the midterms. This little ploy is not going to work. According to the Wall Street Journal, Republicans are building momentum in their battle to win the House, while an uneven political landscape in the final days before the midterms is creating uncertainty about the extent of the party's gains. The GOP's prospects for winning control of the Senate are still up in the air. If you look at the polling right now, the Real Clear Politics polling average suggests Republicans are going to win upward of 30 seats in the House. My guess is they're going to win 35 or upward now. I'm going to revise my estimate upward. I'd always said they're going to win 30 plus. When it comes to the Senate, Real Clear Politics is estimating that Republicans are likely to pick up several seats and end up with 53 after this election is over, including Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Arizona. According to the Wall Street Journal, Cook analyst Dave Wasserman said Democratic House candidates are in genuine danger in blue states like Oregon, New York, California, Connecticut, even Rhode Island, where Republicans have effectively channeled voter dissatisfaction with Democrats' handling of crime and inflation. So this is an election that Democrats are likely to lose and lose badly. I mean, Democrats right now are worried the GOP in Florida is going is to win Miami-Dade. And Miami-Dade is one of the most liberal counties in all of Florida. And Republicans could just win it outright. According to Mauricio Restrepo, who is a Colombian-American teacher, a registered Democrat, there's no way around it. It used to be a toss-up state. I would say it's not even close anymore. All the Republicans are going to win for sure. So, so Democrats are panicking about all of this. And so their final answer to the question of how to get their vote out is to pretend that this nut who attacked Paul Pelosi with a hammer is actually like a Republican congressperson or something. So according to Senator Dianne Feinstein, quote, as we learn more about the motives, I hope this serves as a reminder that all of us in public life and commenting about public officials should tone down the political rhetoric and avoid fueling division and violence, particularly during the heightened tension of this election. Meanwhile, Governor Gavin Newsom of California said, quote, this heinous assault is yet another example of the dangerous consequences of the divisive and hateful rhetoric that is putting lives at risk and undermining our very democracy and democratic institutions. Those who are using their platforms to incite violence must be held to account to incite violence. Must be. So apparently we're now going to arrest people for saying that Nancy Pelosi should no longer be the Speaker of the House, because obviously that's going to gin people up. You never know what could happen next if you say that Nancy Pelosi shouldn't be the Speaker of the House. This sort of insanity is is this sort of silliness is now the Democratic talking point going into the election. Barack Obama who is doing a rally in Detroit. He said, if our rhetoric about each other gets that mean and we don't just disagree with people, but we start demonizing them, making crazy allegations against them, that creates a dangerous climate. If elected officials don't do more, people can get hurt, says Barack Obama, whose demonization of police officers was highly involved in a vast uptick in crime between 2014 and 2016. Now, I never blame Barack Obama for a for a Black Lives Matter advocate shooting several Dallas police officers in 2016. It wasn't Barack Obama's fault. But this notion that any time a person attacks a Democrat physically, this must be not because the person is mentally ill or crazy or imbalanced. It must be because the person is actually representative of Republicans more broadly. That is a Democratic talking point. It's an obvious Democratic talking point. The entire media are now doing it. The Associated Press has a piece titled Pelosi Attack Shocks Country on Edge About Democracy Threats. I mean, strange that that no one was apparently shocked about the attack on Brett Kavanaugh's house. I keep coming back to that one because that's the most recent and obvious comp. And nobody seems to be making it in the media. An America, according to the Associated Press, that can already feel like it's hurtling toward political disintegration has been jolted yet again, this time by the violent attack on the husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi less than two weeks before Election Day. And this sort of coverage never attended on the shooting of several congresspeople, including the near murder of Steve Scalise. It just didn't it didn't occur to the, the media, apparently, to ask broader questions about the health of our democracy. It's as though there was a pre-forum narrative, and this was a final piece that fit in and clicked right into place for the Democrats. It is it is honestly perverse how they are utilizing what is a violent criminal attack for which the person should go to jail for the rest of his life to attack people online who don't want Democrats to win. The calling out of Nancy Pelosi's name was a sign the assault could have targeted the lawmaker, says the AP, who as speaker is second in line to the presidency. The ambush was a particularly savage reminder of the extremism that has coursed through the American political scene in recent years, adding to a sense of foreboding with the November 8th election nearly at hand. Armed watchers are staking out ballot drop boxes in Arizona to guard against false conspiracies about voter fraud. Threats against members of Congress have risen to historic levels. Public opinion surveys show fears for a fragile democracy, even of a civil war. President Trump continues to deny he lost the 2020 election. His accolades are attempting to consolidate their power over future elections. The AP is just now running ads for the Democrats. If Republicans are elected, who knows? There might be a mass pogrom against Democratic lawmakers. You can see every top Democratic politician doing this up to and including the president of the United States. So, Joe Biden went out there and he said, You know, you can't condemn political violence without condemning election deniers. Um, so, just to get this straight, according to the president of the United States, the only way to condemn violence against Nancy Pelosi is to suggest that there's no such thing as voter fraud. Like, what? Make the connection for me. I believe, and I've said clearly, because it is true, that Joe Biden won the 2020 election. It, that, that does not mean that people who disagree with me are responsible for a crazy person attacking Nancy Pelosi with a hammer. You're going to have to make that connection a little clearer right there, but here is what Joe Biden had to say. We've learned that the suspect's social media shows that he embraced conspiracy theories about the 2020 election in January 6th. I want you to listen to what President Biden said yesterday.
1: It's one thing to condemn the violence, but you can't condemn the violence unless you condemn those people who continue to argue the election was not real, that it's being stolen, that all the all the malarkey that's being put out there to undermine democracy.
0: It's more on this in just one moment. First, you've heard me talk about how important it is to have a VPN to protect your online privacy before. Choosing a VPN you trust is equally as important. Now, I actually research the show's sponsors because I want to recommend brands I believe in. I can say with full confidence, ExpressVPN is the best VPN on the market. For starters... ExpressVPN does not log your online activity. Lots of cheap or free VPNs make money by selling your data to advertisers, but ExpressVPN doesn't do that. They've even developed a technology called Trusted Server that makes their VPN servers incapable of storing any data at all. ExpressVPN also uses Lightway. That's a new VPN protocol they engineered to make user speeds faster than ever. I've tried a lot of VPNs in the past that can sometimes slow your connection, but ExpressVPN is always blazing fast and lets me stream videos in HD quality with zero buffering. Not to mention, ExpressVPN Really, really easy to use. You don't need any technical skills to set it up. You just fire up the app, you tap one button, and now you're connected. Even your grandparents could do it. I'm not just the one saying this. It's Business Insider, The Verge, a lot of other tech journals. They rate ExpressVPN as the number one VPN on planet Earth. Protect yourself with the VPN I know and trust. Use my link at expressvpn.com ben today. Get an extra three months free on that one-year package. That's expressvpn.com ben, expressvpn.com ben to learn more. Now, remember, Joe Biden made a speech at Independence Hall a really terrible and terrifying speech in which he not only connected people who denied the election results with violence, he then connected everybody who disagreed with like the Inflation Reduction Act with those people. This is the shtick. He, he said, quote, this is despicable. There's no place in America. There's too much violence, political violence, too much hatred, too much vitriol. What makes us think one party can talk about stolen elections, COVID being a hoax, and tell a bunch of lies and it not affect people who may not be so well balanced? What makes us think there's not going to corrode the political climate? Enough is enough is enough. Every person of good conscience needs to clearly and unambiguously stand up against violence in our politics, no matter what your politics are. Now, I noticed that there is no connection between the last sentence and all the rest of it. Again, I disagree about the stolen election stuff. I don't think that COVID was a hoax, although I think the government reaction was extraordinary. And as I've talked about, I think that there were lies that were told to the American public about the efficacy of the vaccine in reducing transmission or the efficacy of masks in reducing transmission, that those lies were used as the predicate for tyrannical government policy. But none of that. You could actually believe straight up that the election was stolen and COVID was a hoax and still not be in favor of political violence. You could. I'm not saying those are good beliefs. Joe Biden's attempt to connect that with political violence is an attempt to criminalize people who disagree with him. And that really is dangerous. I mean, that's that's tyranny on stilts. When, when you are suggesting that people who disagree with you, they're not calling for violence, they're not doing anything violent. All they're doing is saying stuff you disagree with, even if it's wrong, that those people are now responsible for political violence. Let me just say this. There is significantly more of a connection between Democratic rhetoric about the evils of the police and the vast uptick in murder rates in counties all across the United States, and the most damaging riots in American history in 2020 than there is between normal Joe who thinks that COVID was overblown and a guy attacking Nancy Pelosi with a hammer who clearly is mentally ill. But they won't stop, can't stop, won't stop, because again, this is their final election pitch. Kamala Harris continued to do this same routine. She suggests, of course, that Republicans are are indirectly responsible for the attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband. Good this morning and um, I mean this was an act of extreme violence and I think we're looking at a, at a time in our country where there is so much discourse that is fueled by hate and division
1: and anyone who professes to be a leader I think has to really understand the, the, the meaning and the, and the impact of their words and their posture on things like
0: So, by the way, uh, the New York Times has decided to go over the top with all of this. Nancy Pelosi, here's their article headline. Pelosi, vilified by Republicans for years, is a top target of threats. So that's how this works. So if, if you are vilified because you are the Speaker of the House and then crazy people threaten you, that's the fault of the people who vilify you. Rand Paul was literally attacked by a guy who hated him politically. Are Democrats generally responsible for all of that? Here is how the New York Times tries to draw the connection between people, quote unquote, vilifying Nancy Pelosi and a nut job attacking her husband with a hammer. Quote, in 2006, as Nancy Pelosi was poised to become the first female Speaker of the House, Republicans made a film spoof that portrayed an evil Democratic empire led by Darth Nancy. Oh my God, you mean 16 years ago? 16 years ago? When the person who apparently attacked Nancy Pelosi was a teenager? That the Republicans cut an ad making fun of Darth Nancy? And this is why he, wow, I mean, I, I'm amazed by their, their extraordinary powers of conjecture here. In 2009, the RNC ran an advertisement featuring Pelosi's face framed by the barrel of a gun, complete with the sound of a bullet firing as red blends out of the screen, a takeoff on the James Bond film Goldfinger, in which the woman second in line to the presidency was was cast as Pussy Galore. In 2009, they made, they made a parody, a James Bond parody, and this is why she, her husband who took the hammer in 2022. This year, a Republican running in the primary for Senate in Arizona aired an ad showing him in a spaghetti Western-style duel with Democrats in which he shoots at a knife-wielding, mask-wearing, bug-eyed woman labeled Crazy Face Pelosi. The name echoed former President Trump's many derisive monikers for Pelosi, including Crazy Nancy. The attack on Ms. Pelosi's husband, says the New York Times, which left him with a fractured skull and appears to be part of a planned attack on the Speaker herself, came after a years-long campaign by Republicans to demonize and dehumanize Ms. Pelosi in increasingly ugly ways. Okay, now to Trump. Now to Kavanaugh. Now to Scalise. Now, I mean, this is just it's so transparent and gross, but this is what they got. I mean, this is what they got. They don't they don't have any case for their re-election. So I guess this is what this is what they've got. Karine Jean-Pierre, world's worst press secretary. She came out over the weekend. She said, you know what? This really is. It just looks like January 6th. It's like January 6th all over again. It just shows that all of our political opponents are evil and violent and terrible and nuts.
1: Self has been very clear. He has talked about that. When you interviewed the president, you all talked about the soul of the nation. Mm-hmm. The reason why this president ran for president in the first place uh, just a couple of years ago, which is the attack that we were seeing on democracy. We still have people out there who are undermining that, undermining our free and fair elections. And the president has spoken to that multiple times in multiple speeches. And what we saw on January 6th still exists. It still exists. Mm-hmm. It still exists.
0: And this is, this is just like January 6th. It's just like January 6th. And January 6th is just like all Republicans. And all Republicans are all like Hitler. Everybody I don't like is like Hitler. It's a, it's a threat to democracy. All right again, this is the broader election campaign theme of the Democrats. And they are taking this square peg and they're ramming it into a round hole, even if it doesn't fit in the most cynical and pathetic manner. Now, the reality is that people like David DePapy are walking the street because presumably of lax democratic policies in major American cities with regard to crime. I have serious doubts whether this is David DePape's first go around with law enforcement. We'll find that out in the near future. Suffice it to say that if you're worried about violent crime in major American cities, you might want to look instead of broader American rhetorical issues and how that connects with the broken mind of a nut job. Instead, what you might want to look at is why there are criminals apparently walking down the street in bro- like in the middle of the night in their underwear. Like, you might want to think about that one. Like, why is that happening? We'll get to that in just one second. Folks, we launched Jeremy's Razors just a few months ago. We've already taken millions of dollars away from woke razor companies that hate you, and we've used that money to better support your values. Jeremy's Razors is a way to strike back. Gillette tells you that you ought to shave your daughter's beard because obviously your daughter could be your son. Jeremy's Razors tells you you ought to shave your own beard and you, sh- you got to lay off the ridiculous politics. Jeremy's Razors is still the only razor brand that actually upholds virtue instead of signaling it today you can get 40% off your founder's kit when you head on over to jeremysrazors.com. That is jeremysrazors.com today. Go check them out. And again, give your money to corporations that actually like you rather than the ones that hate your guts. Okay, so while the entire Democratic media infrastructure are promoting the lie that Paul Pelosi was attacked because Republicans, broadly speaking, are evil and responsible for all of this, Democrats continue to stump for soft on crime policies. Now, if we're talking about the increase in violent crime across the nation, we might want to talk about the fact that apparently in this particular case, the perp, the alleged perp, was wandering through the neighborhood in the middle of the night in his underwear with a hammer, or maybe Paul had the hammer. In any case, he, he got into the house in a really nice neighborhood in San Francisco, walking around in his underwear. So normally, if you live in a nice neighborhood and there's some dude walking around the middle of the night in his underwear, the police come pick him up. In San Francisco, it's questionable as to whether this is in fact the case. And this is because Democrats are in fact soft on crime, pretending that there is no connection between policy and what happened here is silly. I'm not saying that Nancy Pelosi is responsible, God forbid, for a person who attacked her husband. I'm not saying that Gavin Newsom is responsible for a person attacking Nancy Pelosi's husband. I am saying that Democrats are responsible for soft on crimes policy that increased crime rates. That obviously is true. And this is apparently a feature, not a bug for Democrats. So over the weekend, there are a bevy of Democratic candidates for higher office who decide that, you know, it's a smart idea is just to slander the cops. So Stacey Abrams, who's about to just get her ass kicked in her race with Brian Kemp in Georgia. So she's about to lose for the second time. She's not been the president of the universe. She's not been governor of Georgia. She's not the vice president of the United States. She is a loser. Okay, Brian Kemp was in debate with Stacey Abrams. And the reason Stacey Abrams is a loser is because she says stuff like this about Georgia sheriffs who endorse Brian Kemp.
1: Men and women in law enforcement know who is gonna be with them, who has had their back and will continue to have their back. And that is me. And that's why we have the endorsement of 107 sheriffs around this state.
0: As I have pointed out before, I'm not a member of the good old boys club. So, no, I don't have 107 sheriffs who want to be able to take black people off the streets, who want to be able to go without accountability. I don't believe every sheriff wants that. But I do know that we need a governor who believes in both defending law enforcement, also but also defending the people of Georgia. Okay, so... Um, She just accused every law enforcement officer who supports Brian Kemp of wanting to take black people off the streets. And then you wonder how crime rates are up? Maybe it's because cops in major American cities are running screaming from doing their jobs, specifically because they are afraid that if they do their jobs, they will then be accused of racism and thrown in jail and their lives ruined. That's not a theory, that's a reality. I know cops in major cities all around the country, and they are terrified that the the political class will wreck them if they so much as pull somebody over and the person happens to be black and the person also is a criminal. They're terrified of this. The, the this it's because of people like Stacey Abrams, who actually govern major American cities. You want to talk about increase in violent crime around the United States. You must point out that the increase in violent crime in the United States was a reversal of a 20 year trend from 1994 to 2014. Crime rates in major American cities declined. Then starting in 2014 with the Ferguson effect under Barack Obama, who suggested that police were systemically racist all across the country. Riots took place in Ferguson. The president of the United States went on national TV and said there wouldn't be anybody just accusing randomly a police officer of shooting a black person for no reason. It must have happened that way. Turns out it was a lie. And what you saw was the Ferguson effect. Crime rates rising in every major American city. And this has only jumped and spiked since 2020 with the rise of the Black Lives Matter movement. Meanwhile, you have Kathy Hochul, the current governor of New York, who is running a very competitive race now with Lee Zeldin, who should not be even competitive in this state. The reason he is competitive is because Kathy Hochul is suggesting that anyone who's worried about crime in places like New York is lying to you.
1: It is amazing to me that these Republican candidates like Zeldin and and like Dr. Oz are all about crime, but don't want to do anything about guns, which is the real tool of criminals. And they act like uh, you are, and others are soft on crime, when in fact, I don't think anyone has been stronger in many states on, on dealing with gun control and working with communities. I remember when you were lieutenant governor, you used to show up everywhere uh, with, with uh, the anti-crime folks. So I mean, is this just a distorted way of campaigning? I mean, wh- what do you read into this? Reverend these are master manipulators. They have this conspiracy going all across America to try and convince people that in democratic states they're not as safe. Well, guess what? They're also not only election deniers, they're data deniers. The data shows that shootings and murders are down in our state by 15%, even in New York City.
0: Okay, so again, they're not data deniers. The fact is that the murder rate... In New York City, skyrocketed in 2020. It went up again in 2021 and has declined slightly in 2022 by available data. That is not a great record for New York City. There's also a lady who went on national television to debate with Lee Zeldin and said, I don't know why you're so focused on locking people up. Again, you want to talk about the rise in crime. You want to talk about the risks of people getting hurt. One reason might be that you keep undercutting the cops whose job it is to prevent this sort of stuff from happening. And if we're going to talk, if we really seriously are going to talk about the extremism of political rhetoric, and we are going to have to talk about the all sides of it. Are there people on the right who raise the political temperature by spreading information that isn't true? Sure. Are there people on the left who do that, including the president of the United States? You bet your ass there are. The president of the United States stood in front of Independence Hall and he claimed that people who disagree with him, people who wouldn't vote with him, are enemies of the Republican, mega, mega, super, mega, ultra, duper, mega Republicans who are seeking to end the Republic as we know it. That was the president of the United States. And then he has the gall to go on to go on with all these reporters and say, well, you know, it's these Republicans and their heated rhetoric that's really causing the problem. There are two sides to this particular game when it comes to the rising of the political rhetoric in the United States. Pretending that it is one-sided is silly. And so if you want to make the case that unbalanced people are going to take advantage of the heated temperature in order to boil over, make the case across the board. Stop pretending it's one side. We know, by the way, Because you guys keep pretending it's one side, you're actually raising the level of political rhetoric. You're raising the outrage level. Everyone can spot the lies. No one trusts you. When everyone can see how transparently manipulative you are being, it raises suspicions. You want to know why a bunch of conspiracy theories started about this particular incident with Paul Pelosi? Maybe the reason is because you guys are perfectly willing to overlook actual political attacks like those on Brett Kavanaugh. And then when it comes to this one, you're willing to say immediately that every single person who opposes you is responsible for it. You want to talk about climate? Fine, we'll talk about climate, but you don't want to talk about climate. You just want to stump for votes and we all can see it happening. All right, guys, the rest of the show is continuing right now. We'll be getting into Elon Musk and his continuing Twitter takeover, the media attacks on Twitter, plus Democrats trying to shift their angle of attack on the midterms away from democracy and away from January 6th and more toward the economy. We'll get to that in just one second. If you're not a member, click the link in the description and join us.
1: This show is brought to you by HelixSleep.com. Sleep is absolutely critical, especially as you get older, but no two people sleep alike. That's why Helix offers several different mattress models, each designed for specific sleep positions and preferences. Go to HelixSleep.com slash Daily and take their sleep quiz to find a mattress made for you. Whether you're a side sleeper, a stomach sleeper, a hot sleeper, or a cold sleeper, Helix has you covered. I took the Helix Sleep quiz and was matched with a Helix Midnight Mattress because I want a medium firmness and a sleep on my side. So far, my new mattress is a godsend. Don't want to take my word for it. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Take the quiz and order the perfect mattress right to your door, shipped for free. It's so quick and fun to unbox, you won't believe how well you sleep. All Helix mattresses come with a 100-night trial and a 10- or 15-year warranty. Helix even offers financing options and flexible payment plans. A great night's sleep is just a few clicks away. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailywire and use code helixpartner20. That's helixsleep.com slash dailywire code helixpartner20.